message I want to share, and, um, and it's called, it's, it's Storm Season. It's Storm Season. You know, yesterday was June the 1st, okay? And June the 1st is, is kind, of a, kind of a big day. We, it's not the official start of summer, but, but there's something about June. When June shows up, summer has showed up. And, and as you go outside after church and it's 95 degrees and your mascara starts melting and your makeup starts melting and, and, and you guys like me can't raise your arms because there's, your pits are flaming, you know, just stuff, stuff like that. It, it, it's hot. I mean, it's so, so, so hot. And, uh, but something else happened yesterday. June the 1st is the official start of hurricane season. Now, I know that's something we don't get very excited about around here because if you've been around for a while, hurricane season is not a good thing, okay? It's a, it's a time where we get a little nervous. It's a time where we kind of wonder, well, who's next, okay? Believe it or not, we've already had a storm, I think an A-name storm. By the way, I know that because on our recent vacation, we took a cruise from New York City to Bermuda, and that is an awesome place, okay? But guess what? There was a little storm out there in Atlantic who really churned up the Atlantic, and honey, it was rough. I mean, here's the funny thing. If you've ever been on a cruise ship, sometimes there are folks who maybe had one or two, uh, one or two adult beverages, they can't walk straight. Well, you know what? They did on this cruise. It was so rough that only the sober people couldn't walk straight. Okay? The folks who, who really normally couldn't walk straight might get walking like that. Okay? And me, I was bouncing side to side. Okay? I mean, literally, it was a crazy, crazy ride. But, but we're, we're happy to be back home. But, but the reason I bring that up is because that got me thinking about storm season. It got me thinking about kind of what we're going through. And, and um, June 1st, as I mentioned, is the beginning of that Atlantic hurricane season. And, and this is something that used to not used to not mean a whole lot to me, and then the year of 2005 came along. Now, I know we're talking a few years back. I mean, Hunter was just in elementary school back in 2005, but those of you that are old enough to remember, remember we had a couple storms come visit our, our state in 2005. One of them was named Katrina, and one of them was named Rita. And uh, basically, one hit the eastern part of our, our state, the other hit the western part of our state, and Aren't you glad you were right in the middle? <laughs> but, uh, but I pastored right outside of New Orleans when Katrina came through. And that was a time that I will never, ever forget. And then just three weeks later, our, our friends in southwest uh, Louisiana got hit by, by, by a terrible storm. So, so hurricane season is now something that gets on this old man's radar. It's something that, that you think about. It's something that, that you just got to remember. Now, the problem is it's been a long time since then. You know, we haven't had a big storm in a while. I think last year our friends in Florida got hit pretty hard, and, and every now and then something happens, but, but it's been a little while since a storm has come our way. But how many know, Brother Bernie, you've lived long enough to know it's not a matter of if a storm's going to come, it's when a storm's going to come. You've been around long enough, and you can name some of those great storms like Betsy and Camille and Andrew. Ooh, you know? Ooh, Andrew, that that just kind of gave me shudders, because I remember that I was a freshman in college, and my parents came to, to, to get away from the storm, and it took them 12, 13 hours to get to Monroe, Louisiana. Some of you might remember those days, okay? So, so again, storm season is something that we all think about. Now, my kids, when they think about storms, they think about vacations. Now, Sarah, your little kids, they think about storms. They're like, hey, road trip. Okay? The only problem is on road trips when you're evacuating, you parents are a little nervous, aren't you? You know, there's never, I, I've never forgotten maybe before. 
Katrina, we, um, we took a video of our house because we didn't know what we'd come back to. And you know, Seth, that is a reality that us as adults understand. And, and, and so storm season is something that's real. It's something that we got to think about. Undoubtedly, you've probably heard the media begin to tell you to talk about preparedness. And, and there's a little website that, that you might want to check out. It's called getagameplan.org. It's actually in our, our state government that just kind of tells you some things that you need to get ready. And, and, uh, and, and of course, and one thing, do they still do hurricane tracking maps? Do you remember those things? My mom still has one at her house, okay? That just tells her we need to clean up, okay? Hurricane tracking maps, that, that used to be a big deal. You had to go get one of those things. And now, on the website, there's a little bitty thing down at the bottom. You can click on if you really want one. But when I let you know with the weather app and all the different uh, alerts you can get, you have no problem knowing where the hurricane is or where the storm's going to be. But the important thing is that you prepare for a storm. Now, I hope that we don't have a storm this year. That would be fantastic. I'd love for the Gulf Coast to not have a storm this year, but we all know that's probably not going to happen. So we need to make preparations knowing that it's storm season. Some of those preparations include stocking up on supplies like food and water and and batteries, knowing your evacuation route, and, and when a storm approaches, having a full tank of gas, you know, taking care of all those things that you need to do. Now, one saving grace about hurricanes, about tropical storms, is at least you know they're coming. In the last few weeks, we've had terrible tornadoes come through the Midwest and and come up the East Coast. And and, and that's the thing about tornadoes. You have very little warning. But at least with hurricanes, we know they're coming. And you can get out of their way. But how many know that in life, storms come at any time? How many know that we may know when a hurricane's coming, uh, we may have a name storm. We may be able to track it for many, many days. But in the when, when storms of life come your way, they just happen. Maybe you wake up one morning and everything's good, and by that afternoon it's craziness, okay? How many can relate? How many have, have, have gone to the doctor feeling pretty good, and then he gives you a diagnosis, and you ain't feeling so good anymore, okay? And, and situations happen, and things happen, and the storms of life just come out of nowhere. Bam! You're in the middle of chaos. Although we don't know when the next storm will strike, we should make preparations for the inevitable. Because remember what's been said about trials or storms. I've heard it said that you're either going through a trial, or you've just been through a trial, or you're about to go through a trial. Well, Pastor, that's not very positive. Okay, I'll put a positive spin on it. I'm positive that you're either going through a trial, you've just been through a trial, or you're about to go through a trial. So, guys, here's the thing to remember. It's storm season in the natural and in the spiritual. Let's make some preparations today. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts so that we're ready to handle the next storm that comes our way. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray right now over your people. I just pray that you would open up our hearts to receive from you. And I pray that you would help me to communicate some truth out of your word so that, Lord, we would be ready not just to endure the next storm, but to to go through the next storm, to grow through the next storm, to be better because of the next storm that comes our way. Bless your people and bless this church. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So a couple things for us to remember. The first one is, it's storm season. It's storm season. Unlike hurricane season, which goes June the 1st through November the 30th, the storms of life, the seasons for storms in life is 12 months long. Okay? There's no beginning. There's no end. Again, I mentioned to you the way the sermon began is we were on a a cruise.
it's a little windy out there, and, and we couldn't exactly understand what he was saying. I wish we had Francesca with us because our captain was from Italy, okay? And Francesca, if you think your accent is strong, this guy, apparently you don't have to teach uh, no English to drop a cruise ship, okay? Because his English was very, very hard to understand, and we couldn't make out if he said 40 or 50 knot winds. Brother Bernie, whether it was 40 or 50 knots, that's a pretty windy day. Okay? I mean, the top two decks of the cruise ship were closed off. Nick, they wouldn't even let big boys like me up there. Okay? Now imagine what happened if Alicia went up there. She'd fly overboard. Okay? But they wouldn't even let big people like me up there. Okay? It was windy. It was white caps everywhere. They said the seas were like six to eight feet. How many know you add those two numbers together and now you're getting close? Man, there were some big old swells and and little did I know, there was a storm out there, wasn't it? I think Andrea? Like a little bitty old fish storm. Now, those storms that go out in that Atlantic, they don't mean nothing to us, Dawn, because they're a long way from us. But I was out there in that Atlantic, and that, it was rough. It was almost so rough I couldn't eat. Almost. Okay? Wasn't that rough? <laughs> I mean, there were people that were sick. That wasn't me. Okay? I might have got sick because they ate three desserts, but it wasn't me. Okay? If I ever get sick enough when I ain't eating, y'all need to pray for me, okay? But, but it was rough weather. It was, it was stormy. It was windy. It was waves. It was crazy. And it got me thinking about storm season. The good news is the ship that we were on weathered that storm well. And, and sometimes storms that come into our lives, we weather them well. And sometimes we don't weather them so well. Sometimes those storms that come on our way are just really more than we can handle. But guys, I just want to remind you, we need to be aware that it is storm season, okay? We have a real enemy. We have a real adversary. He's called the devil, okay? And he wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and he doesn't play fair. Amen? I have a, a good friend of mine that, that are going through a crisis today. They had a grandson who tragically overdosed. Guys, the enemy don't play fair. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy everything that's good. But I've got good news for you. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Amen? Our adversary may be strong. He may be challenging sometimes, but he's not all-powerful. Amen? The God that we serve is all-powerful. Let me remind you of a little scripture found in 1 Peter chapter number 5. 1 Peter chapter number 5. The Bible says this about our adversary. Verse number 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. The message says it this way, keep a cool head, stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. You see, guys, that's why I'm reminding you it's storm season. It'd be real easy for maybe those of you that have just weathered a storm, those of you that have just went through a family crisis, those of you that have just dealt with a, a diagnosis to go, okay, that's in the rearview mirror, we're good to go. No, it doesn't work like that, okay? We always have to be alert. We always have to recognize that we have an adversary. We're in a fight. But the good news is, God is fighting for you. Amen? God is fighting for you. And if God is allowing you to go through a difficult time, it's got to have a purpose. I've heard it said that there's always a purpose for the pain. There's always there's a reason for what you're going through. We sung a song about Romans 8 and 28 that God is able to work all things out for the good. Amen? He's able to get some good out of whatever you're going 
through. So those of you that are going through difficult times today, be encouraged that if God's allowing that to happen, there must be a purpose. Peter understood that. And that's why he wrote to us just in one chapter earlier, 1 Peter chapter number 4, verses 12 and 13. He says this, Beloved, talking to Christians, talking to you and I, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you shall be glad also with exceeding joy. You know what, guys? What you're going through has a purpose. It's the purpose is to draw you closer to God. The purpose is to draw you into a more intimate relationship with the Lord. The purpose is for you to not look to yourself for answers, but look to God for answers. Amen? So I just want to encourage you today. There's a purpose for what you're going through. And also I have good news for you that we serve a God who knows how to handle storms quite well. If you have your Bibles with me today, turn to Mark chapter number 4. Or open that Bible app to, uh, app to Mark chapter number 4. It's very early in Jesus' ministry. He hadn't been with his disciples very long. They, they didn't really know how he handled crises. They, 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 they were just kind of young in the faith, Brother Mike. And, and in Mark chapter number 4, we have a story of a storm coming up out of nowhere. Mark chapter number 4, begin with verse number 35. It says, the same day when the evening was come, he said unto them, let us pass over to the other side. He's doing ministry with his disciples, and he's like, hey guys, let's go to the other side of the lake. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great wind, a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. So guys, all of a sudden, a pretty day turned into something different. All of a sudden, just a nice, nice little Sunday afternoon boat ride, which hopefully I'll get to do today, turned into just chaos, turned into craziness. And look at how Jesus was handling the situation. Verse number 38. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on the pillow. Huh. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if we're in a storm, we probably should take note of that. Okay? I would probably want Jesus wide awake. I'd want to give him a cup of coffee. I'd say, Jesus, we have a problem. Any of you ever went to God in prayer and said, Jesus, we have a problem? <laughs> Been there, done that, huh? But hear how Jesus is handling the storm compared to everybody else. Jesus is in the hinder part of the ship, and he's asleep on a pillow. And they woke him up and said, Master, do you care that we perish? It's like, how can you sleep? We're going down. Do you even care? You know, there are times in our life we wonder, does God even care? There are things sometimes we go through, does God even care? Does God know what I'm going through? I'm here to tell you today, God knows what you're going through. Don't believe the enemy's lies that says God is asleep. God doesn't care about you. God doesn't love you. God is waiting for you to wake him up. God is waiting for you to get his attention. God is waiting for you to stop trying to figure out yourself and say, Jesus, help me. Because that's what the disciples did. So Jesus is now awake, okay? And the disciples had said, do you care that we're going down? And look what he did. Verse number 39, and he arose, he rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. You know, guys, when we uh, when we traveled from New 
city to Bermuda. It was very rough on the way there, and a day passed for our, our return trip, and, and it had calmed down some, but it was still kind of rough. How many know that when the waves get turned up and the wind starts blowing, it takes a while in the natural for things to calm down, right, Brother Bernie? You've been in a storm or two, right? It doesn't just go from eight-foot seas to, to, to slick as glass, right? But in this situation, Jesus took took control over the natural, and in a supernatural act said, peace be still. And immediately the wind stopped, and it got slick as glass. Guys, some of you are going through a storm today, and we serve a God who's able to say, peace be still. We serve a God who's able to trump what the doctor has said. We serve a God who's able to trump what the judge may have said. We serve a God who's able to turn things around in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, but you have to believe him. Amen? It's not enough for us to say, this is an awesome story. I'm glad he did it for them. Can he do it for me? Yes, he can. Amen? So it doesn't matter what you're going through today. We serve a God who's able to deal with storms. So he says, peace be still. And then he said to his disciples, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this, that even the wind and the seas obey him? Well, what manner of man is this? He's the Son of God. And he's just as powerful today as he was 2,000 years ago. Amen? The Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's no hint of changing in him. The same God that came through for you as a teenager will come through for you as an adult. The same God who touched you as a young child will touch you right now as a senior saint. The same God who healed you before will heal you again. you just got to believe him. Amen? So it's storm season, friends. So in light of that, what should we do? Well, we need to be prepared. Okay? If you go to GetGamePlan.org, you'll see some of these things. And in the natural, I encourage you to do so. Because it's important that we get prepared for storms. But some of the things that you'll notice in this preparation is um, you need to have some things in order, okay? Back in old old time days, we used to have the hurricane tracking chart, but now you just get a good app. <laughs> okay, you just get a good app. We'll give you alerts and tell you when the storm is coming and where is it going to be. And, but here's the deal. That has spiritual significance, okay? Because your, Bible, your, 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 your weather app or your hurricane tracking chart will be your guide through the fiercest of storms. This is significant because this is like the Bible. This is like the Bible, guys. This Bible, this Word is your guide, okay? This is the roadmap to life, okay? I've heard an acrostic of the word Bible one time is basic instructions before leaving earth. You know guys, we're all going to leave earth one day. We're all going to leave this place that we call earth one day, and you need to make sure that you know what you know. You need to make sure that you follow the instructions of the Bible, amen? We need to know what the Word of God says. You have a situation, look to the Word of God. The answer will be found in the Word of God. And at the beginning of the year, we challenge you to read through the Bible this year. Many of you are still doing that. Continue. For those of you that maybe have lost track, start again. Start again. Get in the Word of God. Look, guys, we got to be people of the Word. You know what? In the world that we live in, there's so many lies, there's so many untruths, there's so many half-truths. By the way, you know a half-truth is still a lie. Okay? There's so many things that politicians will say. There's so many things that people will say. But guys, you've got to know the truth. 
The only thing that I know without a shadow of a doubt is absolute truth is the Word of God. You know what? The only way you can tell a lie for what it is is when you know the truth. Hey, how many parents ever had your teenagers tell you a lie? They told you a story. Miss Annabelle brings up some memories, huh? They told you a story. And sometimes those stories are really, really good, David. Okay? Really good. Okay? Guess what? Sometimes you'll buy that story if you don't know the truth. But how many know when you know the truth and you ask your your, your kids, hey, what happened the other night? Tell tell me how how my truck got wrecked. Sorry, okay, too soon for that. How did that happen again? When you know the truth, a lie is foolishness, right? The problem today is so many people don't know the truth. And they're believing lies. They're believing foolish things. Guys, we as people of the Word have access to the truth. Now get in that Bible and study it. Learn what it says, okay? If the only Bible you get is what I give you on Sundays, that ain't enough. I ain't that good. You need every day getting in that Word. Amen? If your teenagers only get the Word every Wednesday night when Pastor Ronnie preaches to our youth, that ain't enough. He's good, but he's not that good. You need to be in the Word each and every day. So that's significant. That's kind of like your, your, your weather app, or it gives you the information that you're going to need to survive. Your supplies also have significance, too. Your canned goods, your, your, your snacks, your food. This is the spiritual nourishment that we feast on when we get in the Word. You know what, guys? I came off of a cruise, and... The one thing I love about cruising is there's buffets everywhere, okay? And, you know, the Bible says that we're supposed to buffet our body daily. Okay, maybe that's a little out of context, but still, I I love buffets, okay? And the thing I love about buffets, Seth, is there's all kind of good food, okay? Oh, and don't think about buffets because you're about to go eat camp food for a week, okay? But, but, but again, on a buffet, there's stuff that you can pick at. There's desserts. Did I mention there's dessert? I mean, there's all kind of good stuff, Brother Mike, and you can just enjoy that stuff. You can, guess what, guys? The Word of God is a buffet, too. Amen? There is so much truth. There's so much goodness. There's so much nourishment at your fingertips. And so many times we don't access it. Guys, I want to challenge you today. If you want to grow in your faith, if you want to not just survive the storms of life, but you want to thrive through the storms of life, you've got to get in the Word. Amen? You know, sometimes we look at people's lives and we're like, how can they handle those things? Many times for the Christian, it's because they know what the Word says. They know what the truth is. Okay? So, guys, we've got to be in the Word. We've got to feast on the Word of God. That's kind of like your supplies for... For, for, getting, for getting ready for storms. How about water? By the way, on that website, you'll see you're supposed to allow for one gallon per person per day. Whew, that's a lot of water, okay? But, but you're, if you're going to ride out the storm, you need even more than that, okay? If you're going to evacuate, you need to provide water, okay? That represents the Holy Spirit's operation in your lives. And the supply of batteries, okay? You've got to have flashlights. You've got to have batteries. That represents the power of the Holy Spirit in every believer. Look, guys, we believe in the person of the Holy Spirit. We are a Pentecostal church. We believe in the active power of the Holy Spirit. Look, guys, you need the Holy Spirit's active power in your life. You know, some people are saying, well, I can get to heaven without the Holy Spirit. Well, you can, but you shouldn't try to go to Walmart without the Holy Spirit. Amen? You shouldn't try to go to work in the morning without the Holy Spirit. Hey, Miss Hormones, you better not go to work tomorrow without the Holy Spirit, okay? 
that way. We're loving on her because she is with child. Okay? Blessed Lord. Blessed. Okay? But here's the deal, guys. You need the Holy Spirit. You need Him alive and active in your life. Look, Cajun folks, sometimes, anybody in here ever have a problem saying things they ought not say? Anybody in here? Man, thank you. Thank you for being honest, okay? I, you know what? The Holy Spirit is the filter that you need. How many ever met a Cajun that didn't have a filter? Don't look at them right now. You might hurt their feelings. The Holy Spirit is the filter in your life. He'll tell you, don't say that. Or say it this way. Or don't do that. The Holy Spirit is an active and alive person in the Trinity who wants to help you serve God, who wants you to do right, who wants you to be successful. You need the Holy Spirit's work in your life. Amen? We need that. That's what some of our supplies represent. And then finally, if we're going to evacuate, and by the way, if there's a big storm coming our way, you should evacuate, okay? Pastor, are you going to cancel church? You all don't write them will cancel church, okay? If there's a big storm coming, we're out of here, okay? Um, because, again, guys, man, look, even if you stick around for, how many have rode out storms before? I've done that. But then when the power goes out and it's four days till it comes back on, how many know it's hot? It's hot, because the day after a storm comes through, that sun comes back out seven, it's 98 degrees with 100% humidity. That ain't no place to be. Also, my mom is 82 years old now, so we're taking her north, okay? So you need to have an evacuation plan. You need to have a plan. You also need to have a plan for the storms of life. But before you evacuate, you better make sure you have a full tank of gas. That is symbolic of the work of the Spirit in your life. Are you full of the Spirit? Are you full of yourself? Ooh, that wasn't in my notes. Are you full of the Spirit or are you full of yourself? Guess what, guys? If I can be transparent, I've been both before. I'm a lot better pastor, though, when I'm full of the Spirit. I'm a lot better husband when I'm full of the Spirit. I'm a lot better dad when I'm full of the Spirit. Some of you need to be emptied of yourself and be filled with the Spirit. Amen? Guys, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. These are all things you need to make preparations for. Also, you need to have an evacuation route. You need to have a plan, okay? Whether you're going north to Memphis or west to San Antonio, it doesn't matter. But in the storms of life, your evacuation plan is not east, west, north, or south. It's up. Because the Bible says in Psalm 121.2 that our help comes where? From the Lord. You see, look, guys, these disciples in the storm, they, they didn't have the answer. They didn't know what to do, so they woke the man up who had the answer. They woke Jesus up. They got his attention. Some of you have been trying to figure out your storm all by yourself. You've been trying to find the answer to your, your situation. The answer, if it could be found in you, you would already found it. It's found in God. Amen? Look up, because that's where your help comes from. Why does it seem that people look for so many places? They look in all the wrong places for the answer when the answer is so obvious. Guys, we need the Lord. We need Him in every area of our life. In prayer for this message, I just couldn't get away from one scripture when it came to making preparations. Turn with me to James chapter number 4. James chapter number 4. I love the book of James. It's so practical. It's such good good common sense type stuff. And in James chapter number 4, verse number 7, we're reminded about how to deal with storms. We're reminded about how to make preparations. James chapter 4, verse number 7. Submit yourselves to God. 
You see, guys, it's all about comes down to who's the boss, okay? Who calls the shots in your life, okay? Does God call the shots in your life? You know, on our recent vacation, we had a chance to take Hunter and Hayden to Yankee Stadium to watch the Yankees play. And I don't like the Yankees. I, I never have. I'm a Braves fan, and they beat my Braves a couple of years. I hadn't got over it yet, okay? But I can recognize greatness, okay? They won 27 World Series, okay? And it's amazing. We went to the Hall of Honor. We went to their museum, went to Monument Park. And, man, I don't know how they give out numbers anymore. They've retired so many, okay? But here's one thing. They had a monument to their owner for many years named George Steinbrenner. Well, George had a nickname. Fabian, do you remember what his nickname was? The Boss. Okay? And there was never any question who called the shots, okay? He was the boss. He fired managers like you and I changed shoes, okay? I mean, uh, poor Billy Martin. He fired him and hired him 29 times, okay? I mean, look, he, he was the boss. Whatever he said went. And you know what, guys? We need to be like that when it comes to God. He's the boss. Amen? And it's just not a nickname. It's a truth. We need to recognize that he calls the shots, that he says yes or he says no. Whatever he says goes. And we need to get to the place that we're okay with that. We need to get to the place that God's no longer your co-pilot, but he's the pilot. Amen? Look, God's not my co-pilot. I'm just happy to be on the same bus he's driving. Okay? I don't need to sit up front. I just want to be on the bus. I just want to be going wherever he's going. And we need to get to the place that we're okay with submitting to God, that we're okay with saying he's the boss. But the Bible tells us in James chapter number 4, submit unto God. Then he tells us to do a little bit more. Resist the devil. You know, some of us, you need to put up a bigger fight. Some of you make the devil's job way too easy, okay? You go to places you shouldn't go. You do things you shouldn't do. You're hanging out with the wrong kind of people. Stop it. Resist the devil, okay? If you have a problem with alcohol, stop going to bars, okay? Man, we, we, we need to resist the devil. We need to make his job somewhat difficult. But when you submit to God and resist the devil, guess what God promises? And he will flee from you. Guys, how many like the idea of the enemy running, running tongue, uh, tail tucked, running in, in defeat? I love that idea, guys. We need to submit to God. We need to watch God move in our lives. And in verse number 8 says, draw nigh to God and he will draw near to you. You see, guys, it's all about drawing closer to God. The storms of life are for a purpose. And you know what that purpose is? For you to draw near to God. But you know what? I've learned that, that two things can happen in storms. You either become bitter or you become better. How many have seen that happen? We've seen storms come into people's lives. We've seen situations come into people's lives. We've seen difficulties come to people, and they either become bitter or they become better. Guys, I want to challenge you, and I want to submit to you today that you have to make the choice it will come better. You know, it's amazing. The same thing can happen that happens to Fabian, and we both have a choice. We can choose to become bitter and say, God, why would you let me go through this? God, why, 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 why? Or we can just say, God, not why is this happening, but what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to develop in me? What are you trying to get out of me, or what are you trying to put into me? And you can become better through a situation, but the choice is always yours. God has made a way for you to become better. Let's choose to be better. Let's choose to not become bitter, but become better through any storm we may be going through. 
We sung about it, but I want to close this message by talking about it one more time. Romans chapter number 8. The Bible says in Romans 8 and 28, And we know that all things, say all things, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purposes. If that's you, you have a promise. Verse 31, What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Doesn't matter what storm, doesn't matter what situation, if God is for you, who can be against you? And then in verse number 35, I love talking about the love of God. Paul asks, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, any kind of storm? Verse 36, As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For Paul is persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, depth, other creatures shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. You know, I said this yesterday in CR. God loves you just the way you are. He loves you exactly where you are right here and right now. But here's the amazing thing about the love of God. He loves you too much to leave you there. He loves you too much to leave you in that present condition. He wants you to grow. He wants you to draw closer to Him. He wants you to be blessed. We just have to trust His plan. As Pastor Tommy plays, I also want to close with some more words by Paul to the church at Philippi. Philippians chapter number 4, one of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible. For those of you that are going through storms today, that for those of you that have come looking for hope, you found it today. And these are some promises that you can stand on. How do you make it through storms? How do you make it through trials? How do you live successfully in a difficult life? Philippians chapter number 4, verse number 6 says, Be careful for nothing. Worry about nothing. But in all things, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the God of peace, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see, guys, there is nothing like the peace of God. There is nothing like Jesus coming into a situation and saying, Peace, be still. Storm clouds, go away. Breakthrough is coming. We serve a God who's able to change anything. Verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just or pure, lovely or a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Verse 9, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. See, there's nothing like the peace of God, but there's one thing even better than the peace of God, walking with the God of peace. Having God take you by the hand. Having God walk through any situation you may be walking through today. And some of you are like, how can I go on? How can I make it? Well, Paul answered that question in verse number 13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You see, God, we have a God who wants to strengthen you. We have a God who wants to be there for you. We have a God who wants to be a refuge for you. No matter what storm you may be going through, no matter what storm may be approaching your way, you serve a God who's able to come through for you. Friends, as I close, 
in spite of the storms that may be raging around you, you always have a choice. Worry or trust? Chaos or calm? Trouble or peace? It's not what happens to you, it's what happens in you. And God has provided everything you'll ever need to walk 